This is Coda Radio, episode 229 on spooky October 31st, 2016. And welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Economy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. Omi, thanks for asking. My name is Chris, and joining us every single week, scrubbing that touch bar, is Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Mike! Hello, Chris, and goodbye, Uma. Ooh. Oh, man, Mike. It, this weekend, I have been glued to the news like never before. Uh, I, even as somebody who follows the news like crazy, I'm like, every every 15 minutes, I'm refreshing my feeds. It's been... Yeah, you know you know who's also doing that? You? Uma. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, God. Oh, and man, there's so many things to talk about this week. Uh, it, it's like if we could write a story arc for this show, the last three weeks would have been brilliant story writing. I love how it's yeah. all coming together this week. So we have a lot, a lot to start with. But I, I did kind of make a promise before we get into all of like the tools and business end of stuff. I made a promise, and I hope you're not going to make me a liar. I made a promise to the tweeters that we would start the show this week with a little positive PHP news. Is, is, am I a liar? Did, is it you? because it's Halloween and we're trying to scare people? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trick-or-treating them, and this is the trick. <laughs> no, in fact, in fact, I posted the positive uh, PHP link. I did not write it, though, because I, I can't do that. But. No, Keith Adams wrote it over at Slack. This is a Slack engineer. Uh, and he says, Slack uses PHP for most of its server-side application logic, which is an unusual choice these days. Why did we choose to build a new project in this language? And should you? Most programmers who have casually used PHP know two things. It's a bad language, which they should never use when given the choice, and that some of the most extraordinary successful projects in history use it. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, that's great. Uh, this is not quite a contradiction, but it should make us curious. Did Facebook, Wikipedia, WordPress, Etsy, Baidu, Box, and most recently Slack all succeed in spite of using PHP? Would they have been better off expressing their applications through Ruby, Erlang, or Haskell? Perhaps not. PHP, the language, has many flaws, which undoubtedly have slowed these efforts down. But PHP environments has its virtues, with more, com- with more, more and more things that compensate for those flaws. And the options for improving PHP's, a PHP at the language level's flaws are actually pretty impressive. So on balance, PHP provides better support for building, changing, and operating successful projects in competing environments. I, would I start a new project in PHP today? With a reservation or two, but with zero apologies. Now, that kind of contradicts everything we've really been talking about for a year plus. So, actually, no, right? Bring it, brother. Bring it. Bring it, brother. Other than the scrolling, you know, what we've been saying about PHP, and I think what a lot of the more fair criticism has been saying, uh, perhaps with too much snark, is that PHP is an old technology that, because it is used for things it was never designed to be used for, allows you to do all kinds of bad things. Yeah, okay. You could make a very similar argument about Objective-C, the difference being Objective-C is great and you're all wrong, and all you babies <laughs> with Swift, they're just... <laughs> okay. They're oh, okay. All right, all right oh. well, so that's settled. Uh, case closed. <laughs> no, this is a great read. I mean, especially for... 
you know, a large percentage of our audience has to be using PHP, right? If they follow the quote unquote programmer demographics at all, they just have to, I mean, that's a very common language. And I will say that like some of the stuff in cake PHP or Laravel isn't terrible. It's just, you know, there's a high, how could we say this? Because PHP is so easy to get started with and has such a clean kind of build cycle, you know, refresh the damn page. A lot of, uh, let's say, newbies or new developers start out with it and do a lot of really, really horrible stuff. You know what? I, one of the things I loved about PHP years and years ago when I first saw it, it with very little practical experience, I sat down and I could read it and I could understand what it was doing. And so from a server guy, to be able to open up this PHP script and understand how it works and what it's calling on, it made working with PHP um, my preferred like server side language. Just because I could simply open it up and understand it and work with the developer at a level that was much more productive with them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is the strength and also, you know, fatal flaw in PHP, right? It's you can very quickly know enough to become dangerous with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you know, Mike, like with, with so many tools, uh, there are things you can do to it or add to it or modules you can put in there that aren't maintained anymore. I mean, it's it's. Everything well, that gets to a certain it, size and and, and, and uh, market penetration, I think, suffers these yeah. issues. Well, and there's also the fact that PHP, you know, you can run PHP from 13 years ago with very little modification, right? And that will incentivize certain business types to want to do that forever. That's um, uh, that's very true, Mike. That's yeah, very true. So the, 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 there are, there are reasons that like people do bad things that aren't that they're bad or stupid. It's that there's no budget for this project to be done the right way. Right. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things we can get into, but I figured it's Halloween. I mentioned something scary. So (laughs) nothing like PHP. Sorry. I just got a little carried away there. So, okay. You know what I'm itching to talk about really, really, really badly is we were surface, the surface studio. Yeah. Is that their, that's their iMac, right? You you know, Hey, 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 don't call it an iMac. Oh, no, I was actually hoping we could talk about this a little bit last week, but this is better. This is better. We were hoping uh, while we were doing the show, 228, that your new System76 lemur would arrive and we could talk about it a little bit. But that didn't actually work out. But since then, since the last episode, you have received your new hardware. You've done the grand unboxing. I would love to pick your brain about where it's gone, how it's gone, what surprised you, what's disappointed you, how the monitor worked out, the unboxing, all of it. And then I would like to compare and contrast some of it uh, with the broader set of developer tools out there. What do you think? Where do you want to start? So let's start at the beginning. The box comes. I have never seen such cool packaging in my life. Yeah. And you know what's really neat about that is one of their own staff internally designed that artwork. Oh, the artwork. Yeah, it is super cool. Yeah. Um, My first couple days with it, I primarily ran it in clamshell mode uh, in place of the Raytel at work. Yeah. Hooked hooked up to the monitor or? Hooked up to the Dell monitor. If you want to know which Dell monitor, I'm sure we'll put it in the show notes. It's the, uh, it's basically the Dell cinema display, right? Mm -hmm. It's in 228 show notes. Did you, and at what interface did you plug it into and did you have any resolution issues? Uh, I had to change the resolution in the settings on Ubuntu the first time. Sure. But every subsequent time it's been fine. And then taking it home to my not, uh, to my, just my 1080 monitor has been fine too. And you're using just the HDMI built in? Just the HDMI. Yeah. That's sweet, man. That's what I was worried about last week that it wouldn't yeah, work. In. I have a nice little beach background going on there. Yeah, I'm really glad that worked. Yeah. That just worked out of the box. So that was pretty cool. Oh, it looks nice. Uh, it is. It is 
quite pretty. <laughs> yeah, and and Unity, you know, because it's just really simple, and the the side panel takes on the color tones of your background. It complements a gorgeous wide display like that. It really well. Yeah. It really worked. I mean, it, yeah, it just plugged in fine. So so far so good, right? All right. So let's take our next shot. If you're if you're fast enough to do it, yes, there's video in this one today, people, or images what? at least. Oh yes, yeah, I got so I got you, I got you taken out of the box and it booting up for the first time right here. Is there more? Yes. Okay. So that yes, the this is where we get into the review a little bit, right? I got three questions, um, basically nonstop on Twitter about this. How's the keyboard? How's the trackpad? How's the battery life? And those are the top three t- questions all the, the time. Top three questions. Yep. Right. First one, keyboard. Keyboard's fine. It's, uh, you know, coming from not the newest MacBook Pro, but the one from three years ago, it's a, it, is a, it is a noticeable downgrade. But you're on par with most Windows laptop keyboards. And if it, I would say you're slightly better than some. So I, you're okay, right? Um, they do some interesting things to shove all the function keys in the keyboard. That's fine. I mean, I tend to use my machines in clamshell mode anyway. But it is, it, it does have, my big thing is it has a little less key travel than the MacBook Pro. And then what I'm, uh, you know, obviously I use mechanical keyboards. So than the old MacBook I, Pro, yeah. Right. So, I'm, yeah, the new one, <laughs> it's probably better than the new one, but let's see. The trackpad. It's just not good. I mean, this is probably the weakest part of the whole machine right here. I, it feels weird. I don't find the responsiveness great. Oh, really? Even just like the yeah. finger tracking? It just seemed a little jittery. Sometimes it seemed fast. Sometimes it seemed slow. How much non-MacBook trackpad experience have you had? I've had some Dells, right? But I, I'm a mouse guy. So even even with this, I, I was only using the trackpad as an experiment for the review, right? So you would say if you were, were going to buy a laptop and you, for some reason, were going to have the limitation of not hooking up a mouse, would this be a workflow issue for you? I don't think it would hit that level. I mean, I think I would probably tweak some settings in Ubuntu to like slow it down, basically. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. I, I don't, you know, it doesn't feel good. Um, and it's, it, see, this is where comparing it to a three-year-old MacBook Pro is kind of unfair to System76 because no one can make a trackpad better than Apple right now. Um, I will say that it's not, you know, it, it it's not ideal, right? But even with my MacBook, I still packed a mouse in my briefcase. Yeah. So it's not like you know, it's an additional inconvenience. I think trackpads suck across the board. Yeah. I just happen to think the Apple one sucks a little less. I will uh, just do a personal plug. Note, uh, I love the yep. uh, Logitech MX Anywhere mouse. It's a great mouse. Just, yeah. I just carry one of the uh, the low end Nagas because why not? Um, okay, so that's fine, right? I mean, that 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 is you know, if I was CEO of System seventy six for a day, which I know they don't, they like or resellers or whatever. So I don't know how they would do this, but I would definitely work on that trackpad. Uh, the next item is the battery life. They say, I'm not sure what they claim. I run my laptops with high brightness and I tend to stream audio all the time from jupiterbroadcasting.com. Wink, Good wink, nudge, nudge. So I was getting about, and I, and this is me doing work in Android studio, right? Streaming audio, um, brightness up, some peripherals plugged in like a Nexus 5X and a mouse, obviously. I was getting about four to five hours. Oh, okay, okay. Is Not that, terrible. Is that, is that enough for you? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what my, my – I honestly, Mike, I think my acceptable battery life is, is two hours. If I can get good high performance in two hours, I'm usually pretty good. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I, here's the thing. I'm not a PC gamer anymore. I used to play them, but I, you know, I, I can't imagine sitting for five hours with no, you know, AC power, right? You know, for me, what, it, what I need is I need to be able to encode video or you, you probably need to be able to build software and I need just, I need, I need, I need to be able to sprint. Yeah, well, Cradle is slow to begin with. Do you have a sense that this could, like, if you needed to, if you could, could you get high CPU load and brightness and Wi-Fi and all that for a couple of hours? I think I could, but a couple is probably two, right? Yeah, and it would be nice, obviously, if you could be 10 hours. So that's actually a great point. The lemur I'm reviewing is not the base model. <laughs> it starts at $700, and the one I bought is 1500 So I'm, I'm pretty upgraded. I'm running the i7. Uh, I've got 16 gigs of RAM, which, according to Apple, is all the RAM you will ever yep, need. Yep, you're good. I um I upgraded the SSD. So I've got a couple things in there where this is actually a more powerful machine than the Raytel I recently bought. Sure. So God, that sounds like I, a great system. And it's got the it's got the latest generation right. Intel i7 latest, too. Latest Navi Link. Nice. So in terms of performance, you know, if you buy the base model, your mileage will certainly vary. Um but I, I have to say running an i7 getting four to five, and let's even say it's closer to four because I'm not super scientific with it, is fine. And honestly, and I'm not just saying this, System seventy six doesn't sponsor the show. I would rather be able to buy a laptop with 16 gigs of RAM and maybe in a year or six months upgrade it to 32 than have 10 hours of battery life. Just for me, the way I work, I don't need 10 hours of web browsing. I need to be able to sprint and I need a lot of RAM. Well, see, that's the next point I was going to make because most of the time I'm using the laptop, uh, it's going to either be clamshell mode on my desk at work or it's going to be clamshell mode at my home office. Why are you wasting the extra screen? I don't understand. I have issues with screens not being the same resolution. It's just a yeah, thing. okay, fair enough. You know, right. I got over that when I went vertical on one of my monitors, and yeah, I just have, I know everybody's a couple of people told me on Twitter just turn the Dell vertical and yeah, I will. And you know what? It's really nice because I can put Slack and Telegram, and I can fit a VLC window on there. Like I can, it's yeah. actually great. I, I get it, right? I mean, sure. I'm just not going to. Okay. At least not now. Fair the enough. That's what works. Build, That's fine. Yeah, the general build of the machine I think is fine. It's it's like three pounds. It's pretty light. How's the screen? Um, the screen is that was my other point in the review. I am not a fan of matte screens, but this screen and the Dell monitor I re- recently got are kind of turning me around. It is a 1080 screen. You know, it's not quote unquote Retina, right? But it looks really good. I mean, it the fonts render beautifully, which is something I'm a bit of a bitch about because I look at fonts all day long, if you can imagine. So. I mean, there's a picture. And now, it's a little washed out because I was working on the porch uh, right there on the screen. But it looks super, super good, um, other than this obvious sunlight and the f- washing it out there. Yeah, I've been debating if my next laptop will be matte screen or glossy. I like glossy so for editing. Who's still selling glossy? I mean. Oh, you can get glossy in some places. And it's nice for editing. But Matt, you know, when, when you're working, if you want to go outside or sometimes I just want, if I have a laptop, I just like to move wherever the sunlight is in the building I'm working in and sit there. So I, I kind of think maybe I'm on the fence and I like, I like, I like Matt. I, I, I think it, I think it probably is more realistic of what, how most people see things. But when I'm like, when I'm editing, I like the, I like the way blacks look under a glossy screen. I do too. I mean, it just wasn't an option, right? So I, you know, I, I I think if you tried it and you worked with it for a couple of days, you would feel fine. You'd be all right. So, uh, uh, so yeah, what about just like light, thing, uh, light bleed yeah, on the sides or anything like that? Is that all pretty solid? 
seems solid. I mean, the one the one thing on the build quality that I'm not in love with, it does feel super plasticky. And for some stupid reason, there's a VGA port. Hmm. That, Welcome to corporate oh, America, dude. That, yeah, but I mean, give me another USB port, right? Yeah, I, I I understand that there's a lot of people in corporate America that are doing presentations. And here's a here's a beautiful thing is these these. All of these conference rooms are filled with projectors with VGA connectors. It's just the most outrageously prehistoric crime against humanity, and we're all dragging VGA along because of it. That and server rooms. Don't even get me started on servers either. Yeah, all- I mean, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's a reason. And I, and I, my first thought was, okay, you're doing like a Google PowerPoint presentation. Um, yeah, somebody in the chat room saying, does it feel cheap? You know. Again, it's hard for me, right? Because I, I traditionally don't like non-Mac hardware. I mean, I've liked surfaces in the past. It definitely, you can feel that it's plastic. Um, and if you're really, you know, if you're someone who's going to buy the new MacBook Pro because it's pretty, you're probably going to not like this. Well, let's get real just for yeah, a second. Break I mean, it down for me, son. I mean, are we are we actually even having this conversation? You are talking you know about people, the difference between a... People are asking... People were asking in the chat, and people have asked on Twitter. Okay, so let's go 13-inch MacBook Pro because you got a you got a 14-inch screen, uh, and you have an i7 in there. You can't even – well, sorry. Well, I, we'll see if we can upgrade. So let's <laughs> see. The MacBook Pro starts at $1,500 with an i5 processor and a 256-gigabyte SSD and 8 gigabytes of RAM. I'll start there. I'll start there. This is what this is what is – an atrocity. So it's going to be an extra $300 to go up to an i7. To get 16 gigs of RAM, it's another $200. By the way, that's my max. Uh, you Are you 256 gig SSD or 512, Mike? You know, I don't remember. I thought I went 256. All right, I'll do 256. I'll leave it at 256. Um, and so, at two, at, so with an i7 processor and 16 gigabytes of RAM, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, the one that doesn't even have the touch bar, is $2,000 before sales tax. Yeah, well, they raised the prices. I mean, you know, in real-time follow-up, I'm actually 512. Whoops. Oh, okay. So hold on. <laughs> so I, I did, yeah, actually, if you follow this link I just put up, you so could see all the upgrades I did. It's $2,200. So uh, the, I, I, I mean, at a, certain, at a certain point, you either have to decide how much is that metal build worth it to you, I think. Oh, no, no. To be clear. My, you actually my, have better uh, graphics than the new MacBook Pro does, too. Yeah. Th- we're going to get there, Chris. Don't worry. I have a lot of feces to throw at the new MacBook Pro. Just give me, like, four seconds. This, for me, is a piece of work equipment, right? This is not something I'm going to hipster or coffee shop and showing off to the girls wearing glasses with no lenses in them, right? This is a piece of work equipment that I have a job to do. I have a budget because I have a wife and a child and all that kind of fun stuff, right? I there's no way in hell I was spending three thousand dollars on the equivalent MacBook. <laughs> you could you have a better chance of going to Mars. If for whatever reason I don't I agree with you, right? It's stupid. I don't understand why people care so much about the physical appearance. First of all, this machine doesn't look bad. I think it looks good. It just when you touch it, it feels like plastic because it's made from some sort of plastic, right? Yeah, well, all these people that are holding their uh, Android phones made, made from plastic all of a sudden have to take the moral high ground when it comes to build material. Yeah, I don't... I, 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 if that's a... I mean, obviously, you know, my goal in life and in this show is not to convince people to buy hardware from anyone, right? I don't, I don't care what you do. I just... 
if you're really willing to spend nearly double to change the build materials, you might want to think about your priorities, right? Now, I will say there are reasons that make sense to pick up the old MacBook compared to this machine, because I, I really don't think the new MacBook makes sense for virtually anybody. But if you want a powerful Linux laptop, and let's be frank, if you want to soup it up on a budget, right, it is not a bad choice. It's a good choice. Now, I will say that if you're going to buy this, I urge you to check out System76's Gazelle 2, also the Dell XPS 13 Sputnik. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good comparable competitive machine there. Right. I have, I mean, I have the, a slightly the older model than what the different. Yeah. I have a Sputnik from a year ago and uh, one of my favorite computers. Uh, and uh, it feels about the same build quality, keyboards yeah. about the same, everything's about the same. Uh, however, the one thing that's different is I've absolutely worked in places where there's a corporate agreement in place with Dell and they've never even heard of System 76, which well, is uh, unfortunately well, true. I mean, the, the reality too is System 76 is a relatively small outfit, right? You know, they have, not, yeah, that's true. Although yeah. I think they've gotten to the point where they're getting enough of a recognition now that I don't think it'd be as much effort as it was a few years ago. Well, I want to say that, that that's not like a defense of them. This machine, like, believe, as Dell has learned several times the hard way, if I'm not happy, I simply call up and return the machine. <laughs> so, I, you know, I do like this laptop. I am working on it. It is fine. But I think if you're going to spend $1,500 on a machine, you should be informed. If you're going to spend yeah. 3000 you should really value that well, Apple so Watch on the top of your keyboard. I want to, I want to shift gears here for a moment. So I, that's super cool. And uh, I will, but I want to now transition to the the tools aspect of this because someone in the chat room who was it? Doot, 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 doot. I, I lost. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, Kyle says System seventy six laptops look cheap and clunky like a Lenovo from four to five years ago, and that really I think frames up a mindset about. It. So I want to transition from talking about the aesthetics and, and and light bleed and things like that, and what I want to transition to is talking about tools because after this mm-hmm. MacBook Pro got announced, <clears throat> and I. You know, I have spent so much time talking about all of the changes we've been making internally to switch to Linux that I don't often talk about the fact that we have a couple of key, two key systems that depend on macOS still. Three key systems, actually, that depend on macOS still. And after watching this MacBook announcement, uh, I have a very high level of anxiety about what the hell I'm going to do next because my part of my business process depends on this platform and I'm... I am I am absolutely panicking about that. So I want to talk about this from a tool standpoint and why I don't care how clunky the damn thing looks. I just need something specifically. But first, I want to talk about another tool that I depend on every single day, and that's DigitalOcean. I right now, as I record the show, am depending on three droplets to make it possible. It's an embarrassing, embarrassingly useful tool. Anytime you could use a computer that doesn't have a monitor, DigitalOcean. Think about that. You need something to copy a live stream? Do you need something to process some data? Do you need something to index? Anytime you need a computer that doesn't have a monitor, DigitalOcean, although they do have an HTML5 console built into their incredibly intuitive, easy-to-use interface, just use our promo code CODERDIGITAL. One word, lowercase, it'll give you a $10 credit. You can pay hourly or you can pay monthly. Starts at $5 a month. Get you 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, a terabyte of transfer, a dedicated CPU. They're all SSDs. They use Linux for the servers, KVM for the virtualizer, 40 gigabit connections coming into the hypervisor. They have these beautiful, beautifully designed interfaces, great documentation, and a super straightforward API. 
And when you use our promo code CODERDIGITAL, you can try it out for free with $10 credit. Oh! And did I mention they have data centers all over the world so you can look like a boss? They got them in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, London, Toronto, Germany, India. Go hang out with Alan Jude. Go hang out in Germany. And, you know, when DigitalOcean chooses a data center, they make sure to pick something that's at the center, the heart of connectivity, so that way you have the absolute best response time with the neighbors as well. They're part of the hood. DigitalOcean.com. Just use our promo code coder digital. Go spin up a droplet. And a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. So I honestly, legitimately, not to like harp on a uh, on a trope, but I seriously feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. When Apple announced the Mac Pro, I knew I knew my era of using their hardware was over, and I've been sort of for the last three years sitting in stasis, not sure what to do. And I now three years into this, I'm getting to the point where I kind of want to upgrade the production quality of JB shows. I don't have hardware powerful enough to do it, and I and I haven't transitioned to software that's better to produce it. Final Cut and Wirecast remain the best tools for us to mass produce these shows at a level that is not going to break the bank. And I can't, I can't, I can't justify buying these these app these Macs anymore. Sixteen gigs of RAM is a is a max memory limit is an absolute one hundred percent non-starter. My base tool set takes around twelve gigs of RAM. That's before I've loaded in any footage. And if I want to go higher than, than 1080p, do you feel my pain here? Do you see where I'm going with this? I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely concerned about this. So I, I, I don't necessarily directly feel your pain, but I, I'm very confused by these laptops, uh, to be totally frank. I don't understand who they're for. And they're certainly not for, as you've mentioned, video editing, right? I mean, really, that is not... A reasonable use for these. Well, yeah, I mean, a 5K display is great. Y'all, I'll tell you, before I get all all high and mighty about this, I do want to acknowledge there's a couple of things that I about these MacBook Pros that are I think I think they're worth giving Apple the nod for, and I hope the rest of the industry follows suit. USB-C is going to be a game changer for the industry. It's universal chargers, universal battery packs in the field. This is going to make production so much better. Once everybody starts adopting USB-C for their chargers, this, this is great. The, that is fantastic. Also, the fact that they've used Thunderbolt 3, which has a connector compatible with USB-C, means they have a throughput on, on, on their external devices that no other laptop has ever shipped. Ever. Then they are combining that with SSDs that can do three gigabits per second of throughput. When you combine the the fastest external transfer ever offered with the fastest internal data transfer ever offered, it's going to enable an oh, oh, and I think they can send up to 15 watts per USB-C port. This is gonna this is gonna revolutionize mobile production in some regards. But the limitation of 16 gigs of RAM essentially makes it unusable for what I do. I have a computer sitting across the room running Wirecast right now that's using 24 gigs of RAM. Hmm. So what do you make of that limitation? Because, you know, the thing I've been feeling is that it's pretty obvious that to get the battery life they wanted um, and the thinness they have this sick, twisted desire for, they just had to stop at 16 gigs, right? 
Yeah, and Phil Schiller was uh, quoted as saying that uh, the the I can't remember the exact words, but essentially the assembly required to support 32 gigabytes of RAM would require more power that would make it not practical for a notebook. Now, I don't know if it's actually because they wanted to strive for thinness. There is a, a blog that I have linked in the show notes that also says that the Federal Aviation Administration has capped the maximum allowable size of laptop batteries on flights to 100 watts. And that explains why Apple's Pro MacBook Pro models contain precisely a 99.5 watt hour battery. Making a laptop thicker would not allow them to increase the size of the battery wattage due to the FAA's regulations. Do you think that could be it? Mm, possibly, but how come other lab? How come Lenovo how come other can laptops have... can be right? And I don't know about the wattage on other laptop batteries, but. How come the laptops can have 32 gigs of RAM? So at some point, they're still saying, right? So if it's not battery size, it's battery life then, right? It's battery uh, longevity. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I tell you, it is... RAM uses power, right? More RAM equals, you know, more, uh, more I think, power. I, but I think we have all successfully bought into this uh, obsession with the build quality to a point where we have allowed Apple to run away with with this thing to an obsessive amount there you know you and I are communicating right now over a bonobo that is this big laptop that is sometimes loud and has a big 17 inch screen and it's there's nothing macbook about it but it also has an ethernet port and like a dozen usb right. and like display port and hdmi i mean it is it is extremely useful as a tool to do my job, and I couldn't care less how thin it is. I wouldn't care if it was an inch thicker, to be honest with you. I, I really would not care. And and as long as I'm not lugging it around every single day, everywhere I go, it is not a major issue for me. And I feel like if I am lugging it around every single day, then there is a different set of compromises I'm willing to make. But 16 gigs of RAM is not one of them. And this is frightening. When you look at what they're doing with all of their Macs, I think it is negligent that they didn't just even do an unannounced bump of the Mac, of the Mac Mini. Where it's just a, just update the specs. Just bump it. Just bump it. Just take a knuck and rip it apart and put it in a Mac Mini case and ship it. Just bump okay. it. All right. They sure, are they are but... they are absolutely 100% lost on the Mac platform. I don't I think the issue is the the, the the and I've never ever have I ever used this line, but I think the leadership is lost and I think this would never stand if Steve Jobs was still alive. I I, oh. I I know. I know that's such a dick stupid thing to say, but uh I swear to you, man. I swear this is this is look listen. The issue is the sales guys have taken over. Something else. So they were very skillful. <laughs> yeah. But they did show us. Yeah. So um and it's good that they showed us because the the technology crashed and burned at Xerox and what? they used to call the What's that? No, I was just... Why? Yeah, why? Oh, very... I actually thought a lot about that, and uh, I, I learned more about that with John Scully later on, and I, I think I understand it now pretty well. What happens is, like with John Scully, um, John came from PepsiCo, and they, they at most would change their product, you know, once every 10 years. I mean, to them, a new product was like a new size bottle, right? So if you were a product person, you couldn't change the course of that company very much. So who influenced the success of PepsiCo? The sales and marketing people. 
Therefore, they were the ones that got promoted, and therefore they were the ones that ran the company. Well, for PepsiCo, that might have been okay, but it turns out the same thing can happen in technology companies that get, get monopolies, like, oh, IBM and Xerox. If you were a product person at IBM or Xerox, so you make a better copy or a better computer. So what? When you have a monopoly market share, the company's not any more successful. So the people that can make the company more successful are sales and marketing people. And they end up running the companies. And the product people get driven out of the decision-making forums. And the companies forget what it means to make great products. Oh, man. It, sort of the product... So I think this is exactly what's happened. You know, when Phil Schiller said that uh, having a laptop with more than 16 gigs of RAM would be inefficient for a notebook, he is fundamentally disconnected what his pro users need out of a mobile workstation because he's not technical enough. He doesn't have the insight. Nobody running the company has the deep, long-term technical involvement the jobs had. He wasn't some sort of messiah. He had literally been involved with the industry since the very beginning and had an understanding of what drove these products, what made these professional machines. I don't think Tim Cook and Phil Schiller do. And I only think I think the only thing they know to do is let Johnny Ive design it, a, a, design it thinner, put a touch bar on it. They, they, they just they don't know how to actually create a product for technical people. Wow. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here, right? Let, let's just look at the compromises this machine makes really fast. We've already talked about the RAM. Keep in mind that this is the MacBook Pro. What do you think about the touch bar? Okay, I'll tell you, I, I would use the touch bar anytime I launched a new application and hadn't learned the keyboard shortcuts yet. And I would like to know the most useful, quick right. things I could use. After I had learned what those were, I would convert to keyboard shortcut, shortcuts because I don't want to bring my hand all the way up to the display. I want to keep it down to the trackpad. And if I'm in Final Cut, like scrubbing the timeline, there's already touchpad gestures to do that. The thing is, that touchpad has a lot of gestures. And most of the things that that little bar does, the touchpad already does. Scrolling through pictures, zooming in, all of it. So let me let – me, because I've been trying – and you saw on Twitter, I, I spent the day they were now just trying to like figure out who it was for, right? Who is this device for? And I'm going to say this is not really a pro device. This is an no. aspirational yeah. kind of wannabe pro device. This is I shoot 4K video on my iPhone and I'm going right. to go edit it in Final Cut. Exactly, 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 exactly. This is for the, I want to say hobbyist, but I, I mean it in a kind of pejorative sort of way. The, the, the hobbyist has been enabled by the availability of technology. So this right, touch bar is who's not making his living off of it. That, any that's the any key, professional right? that works in an application, be, be it an IDE or after, after Effects, if you're spending hours a day in that application, you have learned the keyboard shortcuts. You don't you don't go up to the menu to to, to hit the cut key. You so this touch bar, you're not going to be using that because you've already learned the keyboard shortcuts. Well, it's it's more than that, right? I mean, one of the jarring things for me is the MacBook Pro is, you know, this is like a fact, right? I know people in the audience are going to like it, but it is the de facto developer machine. Well, if you're a developer Unless you're on the Microsoft side of life. Yeah, I guess, actually, you know, uh, we get a lot, a lot of, of them running around uh, Redmond, by the way, just saying. And, you know, every time I go to a conference, it's it's 
it's just in a, a wash of MacBooks. And right. time, even Linux conferences. Apple. But also, yeah. you know, we get emails from Google developers. We get e- we get emails from people that all Oracle, all walks of life. And often the choices are MacBook, Chromebook, or something else. But you have to have a reason. That's a big. Not even just in Google. That's become an industry wide thing. And my MacBook is is big. And I think that's that's why IBM's more working more and more with Apple. And if you look in the creative industries, outside of development, MacBooks are even huger. It's their number one selling. It's the the reason why the MacBook's the number one selling product for Apple in terms of the Mac category is simply because it has become the workhorse machine of a lot well, of industries. Know, I, I mean, it is the best product they make or made. Other than the iPhone, right? I mean, we could argue about the iPhone, but it, it, let me let's just like dissect down to that developer audience. Like, why did the Mac? You remember this, right? Early two thousands. How the hell did the Mac become so popular? Well, there were two big factors. It is a Unix machine at the time when Linux was still kind of a pain in the dick to use, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, by the way, that little iPhone came out in two thousand eight. Yeah, Xcode, the apps, the app. Right, which, you know, if you were smart enough to get on the Apple bandwagon at the time, you just, like, printed money. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the line, you know, honestly, Chris, I just, I want to watch Netflix, I want to be able to use Photoshop, and I want to bash Terminal. And that, well, right. Which is all doable totally 100% on Linux now, but, you yeah. know, go go back in time a few years, and that was a different story. The, the problem I have with this machine is, you know, for myself, for, you know, other developers that bitch about it on Google Plus and things like that, even – I'll even point out, if you listen to some Apple podcasts, there's a little bit of grumbling about why is this so much more expensive for very little more power. <laughs> I, it really is not – if you're a developer and you just want, like, more RAM and more CPU throughput and faster SSDs – it's it's not that awesome of an upgrade. Yeah, we were, you know. Well, well, it is. It is an awesome upgrade, but it's been three years. Right? Well, exactly. That's why right. it is. Uh, yeah. The Beard and I were sitting here watching the live event in the studio before I started TechSnap, and when they put up benchmarks comparing the new MacBook against the old MacBook, my first thought was, well, of course, Apple always does that. But my second thought was, that's that's so much bullshit. It's, it's, it's sandbagging. And then the butterfly keyboard. I mean, they say it's an improved. And if you don't know, the butterfly keyboard is the keyboard on the kind of gold and the crazy looking little MacBook that I know one crazy developer who actually likes. Who? What? Really? He's sitting next to me. He's. Oh, kind of OK. Because by the way, I, I have not heard that I, from. Dev- I have not I, heard I've that. Used it. It's terrible. I hate it. But it's got it's got like no key travel. He's. Throwing me the finger. You know, is he? You know, he must have young fingers that haven't spent decades oh, pounding. His fifty-seven-year-old fingers are are so what? sprightly and agile. Are you serious with me right now? He's not happy. Um, I sense an age discrimination suit coming. Anyway, <laughs> it's all it's all worth the content. It's all for the content, baby. You'll get a cut of the ad revenue. <laughs> um, why? Oh, why would you put that keyboard on a pro machine? Like, even if they say it's revised and, and they made a point in the presentation of saying that no one wants that. Do you want my do you want my do you want my skeptical? Please, please. I I could not think of a, a sincere reason. OK, I mean, I, I honestly believe the people at the top that are driving this product don't have a technical grasp on what matters. And so they are deferring to the Steve Jobs um, uh, second coming, which is Johnny Ive. And Johnny Ive wants to make it thinner. That's so stupid. And yes, to the chat room, I do mostly use laptops and clamshell, but I occasionally open them up. And like I actually don't think it's stupid. I actually yeah. think there is. Um, I think. Pro, I, I think the pro machine. 
Yes. No, okay. A- okay. Yes. But I will say this. There is a value to having something thinner. As somebody who switched from a big-ass, huge phone, the Nexus 6P, to an iPhone that is a uh, – with the 4 points – no, no, whatever the whatever the, the smaller one is that's not a not the SE, that, it makes a huge – I don't even – I don't even know what I have in my pocket. Having something thinner and smaller, there is value. You'll take it more places. You'll use it in more situations. And when you have a technological device of this capability with you in more positions and situations and environments, blah, 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 it is a net gain. However, make it a different category. Make it a different product line. Thank you. That is what the MacBook No Pro is for, right? Exactly. Right. And it's not saying you can't do dev on the MacBook and you can't not do dev on the MacBook Pro. I'm I'm just saying that, you know, for many developers that I know, these MacBook Pros are their only machine, right? They are predominantly used either as a second monitor or in clamshell mode as though they were workstations. Why would you not err on the side of power? And also, you're raised basically every line $400. I mean, this is a really, like, really expensive purchase. And also the touch bar, I, you know, I, I just, all these things, and I'm not even saying the touch bar is bad. I'm just saying it doesn't feel like a pro product. It doesn't feel like it's, something. You, you know what it is, Mike, is it's, it's, it's a little obvious. It's a little, and what we're, what we're used to with Apple is coming up with the unobvious. How about, how about coming up with something that we weren't expecting? Or how about coming up with something that's, how about that touchpad, making that a touchscreen, making that a more actual That might have been super interesting, because you know what, they, their gestures on the touchpads are pretty cool. I have a better idea, though. How about a silver tower with cheese grater vents, hmm. removable video cards, oh, removable like, RAM. Like expansion slots. Yeah, and you know, how about a couple hard drives and PCI ports? Uh, nobody wants I, that. I Actually, you know what? Can I can like I tell that. you my, my? I think I have a solution, and I I've thought a lot about it, and I think it's a little crazy. But can I can I share it with you? Oh, please, please. All right. Well, first, I'm going to tell you about Linux Academy. LinuxAcademy.com. I know that's how I do. LinuxAcademy.com/slash/coders. Go right there to support the show and sign up for a seven day free trial of Linux Academy. It's a platform to learn about the world's most important open source operating system, and all of the tools that make you money. Anything you want on your resume, anything you want to learn is a skill that actually makes you more valuable. It is an incredible resource that I would have killed for when I was back in IT. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. Go there and check it out. They have labs and exercises that give you hands-on scenario-based learning, instructor mentoring when you need an actual human being to answer a question. They have lab servers that spin up on demand when you need them, and then... USSH into them. They have self-paced in-depth video courses. You can download this stuff and take it with you and listen offline or read it. Learning Paths, which are a series of courses and content planned by instructors for specific career tracks. Also, they have tracks for certifications as well and public profiles so you can show your employer the hard work you've been doing. Check them out at linuxacademy.com slash coders. And a big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program and for creating a platform that just focuses on this stuff for the people that really want to get a valuable resource and a valuable training session. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders now with a seven-day free trial. Mr. Dominic, I thought about it for a little bit, and I, I think honestly if I get to the position where in the next two years I haven't found a better software package, and we are evaluating, I am different ones, I'm spending a lot of time looking into ones that run just on Linux. But if we get to a point where I haven't, I haven't gotten to the point where I, nicely done. I don't. God, like, sorry. I don't like any of them. If we get to that it's point, Sam Adams. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You ready? Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to Hackintosh it again. I'm going to go old. No. Yeah, I'm going to. I, I have to. No. I, I might Come have on. to. I might have to. I mean, I'm hoping in a couple of years I'll just go get a wild dog or I'll just be able to, like, build a system and I'll be able to run the Linux stuff. It's definitely getting there on the Wirecast side, but on the editing side. Why don't we side, get Ryan on the line and tell him that System76 has to make a replacement for you? Let me tell you something. It's not the hardware. It is absolutely no, not the, the hardware. Software. You need, what is it, Final Cut, right? <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, it's not just Final Cut. It's also like After Effects and all these other things. So here's where I'm at right now. I'm at a point where I feel like I could I could double down and, and I, could, I could just – I feel like I'm at a place where I could explode creatively and I have a lot more content in me. And I, I – all of it will die on the vine if, if I get frustrated with the tools and I'm not satisfied, satisfied with the capability of the tools. And that is where I'm at on the Linux side. And so if I want to – if I I have some ideas that I think will be some of the biggest game changers for the network ever. Is it then is I, it the interactive VR porn? I, I asked you I I asked you not to I said don't say anything. I no no it's not that. Uh, yeah. But but I I'm not kidding you. I I am the type of person where if 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 the tools are if I'm constantly fighting the tools, I get discouraged and it's no longer fun and I don't want to do it. But what I have in what I have an idea for, I think could be huge. And I'm worried that the tools on Linux are not capable of delivering what I need to do. And so I, it's a software availability issue. Yes, and I, yeah. I I I just but I also at the same time I can't get there's not the the Mac and I the Mac won't do it and I cannot use Windows it is just I don't, anybody uses Windows good for you I'm happy it works for you I've just I, I spent too many years in IT and I can't use Windows for workflow stuff I can have a Windows box sitting in the corner running an application that's fine but I hey, simply do you can, notice how like we've never considered a Windows laptop yeah I can't do it no, it's, it's not me and I totally respect people that make it work like a like like Alan Jude man he's got a Windows 7 workstation that works great for him for me personally it's a workflow problem it is a workflow problem, and I can't use it for anything productive. I can have it do task-specific things, but I, so I can't use Windows, so I can't use something like Adobe Premiere, and I can't use the Mac because the Macs are an actual joke in terms oh, of hardware. Well, right. What about like the 5K iMac, right? Because it seems like to me I, you don't really I, I want live, a laptop. No, I want – no, I, that's the thing. I, I specifically want a laptop because I want to really? be able to edit content while I'm on the road. Oh, uh, yeah, you're beat. Um your beat what about well i mean i mean the yeah. system 76 makes machines that would go beyond what i need well, hardware wise right, so but there's no soft there's no software. software and i i i tell you what it's not like i've just kind of casually looked into this i have spent a literally more than a decade looking into this and trying and having projects burn on me on a weekly basis trying to make this work so i mean you're pretty plugged in with the linux community how come no one you know no one this is an obvious mark market need and no one's thought to fill it it's like to, it's, it's the same problem with making a really great ide you need a certain level of industry buy-in mm -hmm. you have to be a company that can negotiate business to business contracts that's a tough sell i mean it's you know it it's really tough and i don't know what to say to you i mean i i almost feel like video editors and mobile app developers are kind of in the same space with apple where there's a number of them that are kind of they're under duress, right? Because, you know, the easiest way to compile an iPhone app is with a Mac. And I say easiest because you can totally do a Mac mini server. Although you still need a Mac, but you can do it. But that's a lot of work. I've been setting one up. It's kind of a huge pain in the ass, and it's so much easier to whip out my old MacBook and just, like, make a build. Um, 
is there no like cloud servery type no. of no no no, no okay. and of course because the other problem yeah. is like I'm talking 1080p footage I'm talking 4K footage yeah, that's tough I mean this is you know well a lot, a lot of snork in the chat room I don't, I know and it's see, here's the problem it's if you've never worked with these tools you you're you are so unaware even what the issues are you're like well just tell them what the problem is the problem is they don't have a team of 25 people that have spent the last 15 years developing an application and establishing business relationships that's the problem that's the problem how do i give that in a bug report i can't give that in a bug report it, it needs a company behind it Oh, well, steps to reproduce. Go to Martini Bar, talk to executives in black T-shirts. It is I – am, I am honestly not sure what the hell to do because I can't, I can't find better tools that work under Linux. I try. I can create some segments using Linux tools. I'm not naming specific editors because I don't want to shame any of them because they're all doing a really good job. For people that well, – a couple of people working on a project or one person working on a project, they're doing amazing work. And I totally respect all the work they're doing. And they're five to ten years out. Okay, well, let's just chill out. Let's just back it up for a second. Yeah, I mean, was getting me all fired up, Mike. Right, they're they're getting they're getting all on their heels. I mean, why not wait a year? This MacBook Pro will either be updated, cheaper, or both. Right, updated in terms of more RAM. And uh, although I don't know how they're going to get a GPU in there, see that you're probably screwed. But yeah, and the thing is, like, they have some AMD piece of crap. I'd want the GTX 10, 1080 right. series or ten sixty series. I mean, give me a break. It's way more powerful. I don't care if I have to be plugged in, and but and you, I just don't. I look at the Mac Pro. That's a that's a that is an absolute that dumpster is a, fire. That is an amazing waste of money. I mean, that is that's crap, right? No one should buy that for any reason because it's it's like what is it three years old already? Is that the magic number? This as somebody who so my mom is a graphic artist. And she has been a graphic artist since that was a term in the 80s when it was just developed. So there have been Macs in my house since the Apple II. And I have watched this company from from that period, and I have never in my life witnessed them fail to deliver tools for creative professionals at the level they are failing to deliver right now. It is an atrocity. And the problem is, is that there's many vendors making much better machines, but there's nobody that's making Final Cut Pro 10. There's nobody that's making Photoshop that runs with the same machine that runs Final Cut Pro 10. All of this, and Premiere is fine, except for I don't want to run Windows. So if I don't, so if you throw Windows out, if you throw all of the Windows systems out, and then you, that limits yourself to the Mac right there, because honestly, Honestly, the only way Linux is going to have this problem solved is if Adobe one day ships a absolutely fully baked version of Premiere for Linux. But in reality, if they actually ever shipped Premiere for Linux, it would be some sort of beginner version that would have half the features that would use some sort of entirely new language and toolkit that they are experimenting with that will be the future of the Adobe platform that is five years out. So I am screwed either way on the Linux platform. I won't use Windows, and the Mac is the only thing that will work in terms of actual producing daily or weekly content and i'm screwed yeah you're you're uh, you're not in trouble hackintosh so i really honestly think what i'm gonna yeah, do, do, is do it's it. not gonna work like i'm gonna t- i mean i just here's what i want to do is we have we have two macs that i need to keep using on a daily basis i'm gonna just i'm not gonna i'm not gonna replace them i'm gonna let them run as long as they can and I'm just going to have to stick at 720p video resolution. I'm going to have to stick at a certain lower level of production quality until I can replace these two Macs. And I'm I'm just hoping that I can replace them with custom built Linux boxes or 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 something that is that is powerful and reliable. But until then, I just have to sit here and tread water, and my quality of my content suffers. See, I mean, 
the, the problem with the Hackintosh route is every minor update is going to be a crucible for you. Right. I, 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 why? I could do an iMac for, so for the editing per, for, for Rekai, right. but for myself, there's a project I want to take on and I, and I want something that I, mobile. yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, and that would be, you know, not to, we've been pretty anti-Apple. And my, my problem isn't that this computer is necessarily not for me. It's that it's really not a pro computer by any metric other than being, you know, like. If it I, started at $1,200, that would be a great computer. No, it really wouldn't, right? Because <laughs> you're not buying. You're, I'm sorry, you're not. Like, not as, for as a, me, but for somebody who could. Tool, right, but this computer is supposed to be for you. Actually, this computer is more for you than for me, right? Really. I thought so, but, you know. It, it, the only thing pro about it is the price tag. It, I, well, and, and the throughput. I mean, seriously, Thunderbolt 3 and, the, and that storage is, is pro level. Which is kind of wasteful. And the 5K screen. You, and the 5K screen. Sure, but where's your – you need more RAM and, and the love of God, you need a GPU. And by the way, to go to two terabytes of, of storage, it's a $1,200 upgrade. I mean, I think about their traditional pro market. I think about you, video editing. I think about uh, 3D rendering. I think about graphics rendering. And how the hell are you doing that without a GPU? I can see some of the video rendering working fine. But are are you really going to tell me that like DreamWorks and Pixar can get away with this machine? They have an AMD GPU in the uh, Pro in the 15 inch. It's not even that good. No, it, it, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's way. I, that's where I really thought when they compared it to the old MacBook, I thought that is such a bullshit comparison. It's just a snake move, right? Because it's been yeah, compared to to... compared to any other vendor's laptop GPU that is a dedicated like GTX series graphics card, and the the literally, Mike, the uh, GTX 1060 series is is four times faster than the GPU they're shipping in the MacBook Pro right now. Wow, walk down this road with me for a minute. If this was the Microsoft Surface Pro, they would have been ripped alive on the tech press. And I, I'm going to defend the crazy-ass Surface Studio. I think it's a dumb machine, but it's actually also kind of cool, right? That little knobby thing and and, and the... Because you know what the Surface Studio can do? Power VR. <laughs> you know what the MacBook Pro can't do? Power VR, right? <laughs> I mean... What is going on here where Microsoft actually has the more, perhaps not better, but more interesting product, right? The more, isn't like the definition of Microsoft boring? Isn't, aren't they the guys who want to sit in Excel Productivity, and, cloud, and mobile. Right? <laughs> I mean, what, what <laughs> happened? And, and Apple was like, what if we paint it black, raise the price $400, tape an iWatch in there, and then, uh, oh, to hell with the RAM and the GPUs. And oh, let's slap the Pro moniker on it. Oh, by the way, what about the Mac Minis that like every non-big shop who does development and graphics design uses for their non-designer yeah. uh, yeah. employees? Yeah, right? I mean, that's what I was saying. I know. Like, I have a stack of Mac Minis around here, and I can't get an upgrade if my life depended on it. Mm-hmm. It's you know, you know, the only the only really good, impressive machine that I feel like they have that's if you're looking to buy a Mac that I'd recommend you actually buy is the 5K iMac. But even then. You better have like two grand ready to go. I think the five K iMac is probably their most reasonable Macintosh. I think, no, I think I think I think price wise, um, and you have to remember you cannot upgrade it. But price wise, power wise, if you need a Macintosh, 
you want the 5K iMac. There's a, there is also another problem with the Macs that we don't really discuss much, and that is that uh, unlike other vendors, PC vendors, you know, pre-built systems, they begin throttling at a much earlier power and 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 temperature threshold because of the thin the thin design mm-hmm. of the iMac and uh, some of the other well, the machines. Fan, but mainly, yeah, I'm talking fans, about the iMac. Yeah. Uh, the iMac, in, 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 I like the iMac in terms of a, a potential um, video editing computer. A 5K screen is, yeah, is that's perfect. What I was yeah, and and really, honestly, the great SSD speed and all of that. It's really a nice machine. The problem is when you start when you start really pegging the GPU or the CPU, it actually clocks the CPU down a little bit to it meet yeah to meet the thermal yeah. requirements of the chips because the CPU is getting too hot for the cooling system they've included in the iMac. Keep in mind, traditionally, iMac chips are mobile chips shoved in a screen. They're not usually desktop-grade hardware, right? Right. So there's that, too. I also also am a believer that, and this is 100% personal perception thing, but I I am an absolute believer that I can feel the performance difference between a desktop system and a laptop system. And I state that simply because... Because of budget reasons and not wanting to spend a lot of money, I ended up on on laptops for years. I was just using laptops for everything, for my main presentation here on the stream, for my main work machine, for my editing, laptops everywhere. Because I had a couple laptops. I didn't want to spend any more money. I was just making it work. Then Bitcoin went up in April or January. I can't remember when it was. And everybody was coming out for Linux Fest. And I said, let's build some PCs. We need need an OBS rig running Linux. Let's get off of Wirecast. I need a new machine sitting here to do main presentations. Let's build a PC for that. And to make things nice and redundant, let's build a third PC. I'll put it up at my main my main desk. It'll be my new workstation. I'll go from like a GTX you know six hundred series to a GTX nine sixty series, and I'll it'll, you know I'll go from like a a, a seven year old PC to a brand new. It was great, but I, I was coming from really new laptops. I'm talking current generation Skylake laptops. I I didn't expect to really perceive a big performance difference when switching over to desktops. Then they're not crazy desktops. They're nice desktops, but they're not crazy desktops. And I tell you what, Mike, fundamentally, every single thing I do on my desktop is absolutely faster than it is on my laptop, compute-wise, but also just the way it feels. And so when you build a desktop around laptop parts, there is absolutely a compromise. I don't care how fast the SSD is. It's, there is a difference. And so that's why the Mac Pro is so important for absolute professionals that want all the performance they can get. They want the expandability, and they want, they want a 10-year system. The iMac is a three-year computer in production. And that's fine, except for it's so damn expensive. So that's what Rekai edits on is an iMac. That's what controls our software-based mixer is an iMac. One is like a 2009 and one's like a 2012 right. or 2000. They're getting so old that they're holding us back. And the problem is the iMac was a good machine for three years, but it's not a seven to ten year machine like the Mac Pro can be. So it's still not good enough. It's a great computer. It's great for consumers. If you want to get a computer at your home that lasts a really long time and you don't want Windows and you don't want Linux, it's a great system. But it's not a professional system. It's not no. a good I mean, I'm going to say your 10-year cycle seems crazy to me. I mean, I, I'm a – although at this rate, I'm like a six-month kind of guy. You know, you know where really, I get that from? Honestly, Mike, is I've been in I – have, I have had clients that are working on – it is, you know, it is years after Apple discontinued building power PC systems, and I go in there, and they'll still, they're still using G4 towers to do production. These systems go in production in businesses for decades. It's a good machine, I'm just saying. It's exactly what I'm talking about, silver tower. Sorry. Yeah, the mirror door for life. You know what? We should all be like John Gruber. 
or I'm thinking of John Syracuse, and we should have our Mac Pro, and we should, like Frankenstein, bring that baby back to life all the time. Just, just you know, and that, you know, honestly, I'm petting my Raytel right now because it's like the Mac Pro, just black and a little smaller. You know, I I have uh, I have brothers in arms out there that are content creators that are freaking out right now because Verizon just bought Vessel, which is going to be bad. Yeah, which is a platform that allows content creators to pre-release without ads, and then the viewers pay they pay like ten bucks a month, and they get to get the stuff a couple days early, no ads. Verizon just bought them, so they announced they're shutting it down, and they're freaking out. And myself, I'm like, you know, I'm really happy and proud that JB as a business doesn't rely on any single income source to survive, and we don't have that issue. But we do – this is where JB remains vulnerable, is this particular spot. And I've been working to get away from this for so long, but the software is what's holding me back, and that's so frustrating because I feel like I am still beholden a little bit to this Macintosh platform until I can replace Final Cut completely and the associated apps like Motion, After Effects, and things like that, uh, and which is extremely difficult to move away from. And until I can get there, I feel like I'm beholden to the Mac platform, and I am really losing faith. <laughs> I have, As somebody, again, i got to just reiterate, from the 80s, there has been a Mac or an Apple machine in our house with a creative professional using it. I, I just didn't see this coming. I could have seen Vessel being shut down. I could see Amazon affiliates getting pulled. I saw that. I didn't see Apple completely abandoning the high-end creative professional. And I, I got to feel like there's got to be some relation to the high-end developer who needs a system that is resp- – or she needs a responsive system that is well, performing. I mean, I mean the relation is you – yeah, I mean the relation is there, but I, I – I think I'm in a worse situation, but I think I, um, yeah, I'm the, ca- the GPU. I'm, right? I mean, at the end today, of the day, I'm the canary in the coal. I, I tell you, I'm in the coal mine right now, and I'm dying. Just saying. No, I, I, I listen. I, you know, I, I will admit. I will. Con- can I confess, Father? Go ahead. I'm listening, son. I, I had some concerns when I ordered the lemur that the Mac event was going to happen, and I was going to be super disappointed. I'm feeling pretty damn good. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling all right. A little, a little bit of Schadenfreude, let's just say. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Yeah, I bet, yeah, dude. I bet. Yeah, I think you called it. All right, uh, Mr. Dominic, where can people follow you on the Twitters? Uh, follow me at Dumanuko. I'm going to follow up pieces on the lemur as the week progresses. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I absolutely will be following. I'm at Chris LES. That's probably the best way to contact me because I can actually manage that. Unlike everything else in my life, at Chris Elias, if you want to contact me, at Jupiter Signal, if you want to follow network events and news, catch the show live over at jblive.tv. And yes, you can get it converted to your local time at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar, and you can email us, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact, and you can get in our hoopla over at coderadio.reddit.com. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you right back here next week. Next week.